Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart radio so however you want to watch or listen we've got you covered multiple ways Alrighty, today is a big old Monday. We are now 10 days out from the NFL Draft. Oh my goodness, folks. Next week, the future of our teams change forever. For the good, hopefully. For the bad, hopefully not. But uh, there's some bust, folks. There's going to be bust. We know there will be bust in this league. There will be bust in this draft. So hopefully our teams have done their due diligence and avoid the busts in the draft. But uh, yeah, cannot wait. Next Thursday is when the draft starts. We're going to have our live draft show as well. We'll have all the details probably sorted out by tomorrow. We're going to kind of hunker all that down. So we'll come at you live on the show talk, talking about all that. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Takes by Fans. And uh, we'll post the information there as well. But uh, we are going to probably, this may be our final day. I don't know when we're going to start kind of doing our mock drafts and start kind of ranking uh, the orders of positions uh, before the draft, but uh, we are going to finally be finally be looking at Cade Johnson, wide receiver from South Dakota State. I mean, we've been having to push this man off for like the last five days just because we've been going late in the show, but we will fit him in today. I guarantee it. Um, and then breaking down the NBA, we got that going on. Doing our moneymaker for today's action. I mean, the NBA regular season's winding down, folks. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty. About 15 games left for every team. So we'll see who's going to make the most of it. Who's going to make that last kind of playoff push for great seeding, great positioning. Try to get that home court advantage throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire playoff. So we'll see which teams are going to get it done down the stretch. And I can say for right now, the Blazers are not. And it's just truly hurting me inside. This Blazers team is losing and losing and losing and losing. It's, it's killing me out here. So another loss by the Blazers last night, truly unfortunate, to the Hornets. But shout out to the Hornets. I mean, I, I got to respect the heck out of the Hornets still giving it, giving it their all, fighting for their all, and I absolutely love it. So we'll talk all about that. But let's get into the stories of the day in this one breaking 20 minutes ago. Here we go. Alex Smith has officially retired from the NFL. He posted it on Instagram. So... I mean, uh, what a career for Alex Smith. I mean, I think this is the right decision. We saw it didn't really work out too great in Washington. It was serviceable. He was definitely serviceable. He could definitely kind of hang his hat on, hey, I came back from that brutal injury. I, uh, you know, came to Washington. We won a couple of games. How many games did he actually win there? Let's take a look at that really quickly. Five and one. Five and one of a six-game starter. So very, very well done. Definitely came back from that injury, proved everybody wrong, and got a couple of wins. Helped lead this Washington team to the playoffs this season. Won the division. So definitely I think this was the perfect time for Alex Smith to retire. Um... You know, he's had a decent career in the NFL, nothing truly great, nothing truly special. I do kind of want to just kind of point out, he doesn't throw that many turnovers, folks, and that was probably the best thing of Alex Smith. He doesn't always have the yards, only threw for 4,000 yards once, and it was 4,042 yards, so not anything truly great there. Uh, threw for 2,000 yards a couple of times, 2,100 yards we've got, uh, you know, 2,300, 2,300, and that was only when he was playing like 11 or 10 games, so, you know, We've known he's had this history of not playing really full seasons. 
But uh, when he was playing the full seasons, he's hovering around like 32, 3,400 yards. Still nothing solid, nothing great. It's kind of like average-ish. It is kind of average, unfortunately. But which is, what isn't average is really his touchdown to interception ratio is really kind of a little underrated by this man. Uh, let's just kind of take some of these years from 2011 to uh, basically the end of the season. His first kind of like five seasons in this league, he was having double-digit interceptions of 11, 16, 12, 10. But then he really just kind of figured it out stop turning the ball over because we're looking at uh from 2011 onward we got 17 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio that's pretty dang good we're talking about three to one there we'll take that all day then we got 13 and 5 23 touchdowns seven interceptions 18 touchdowns six interceptions 20 touchdowns seven interceptions 15 touchdowns eight interceptions that's not that great uh but then he's right back 26 touchdowns five interceptions 10 touchdowns five interceptions and then just six touchdowns eight interceptions last year he just kind of falling off a little bit but you know that's pre-injury and then after injury just not really good at the end of his career and he's been in the league since 2005 folks we're talking 15 years in this league so definitely think he called it at the right time. He helped kind of propel Washington into kind of a new kind of era of football. I mean, we're talking about Washington being pretty solid right now. I mean, year one with Ron Rivera getting, winning the division, getting into the playoffs, being competitive against Tom Brady um, in that first playoff game. I mean, Alex Smith was kind of the catalyst of that. So I really am glad that this man's kind of going out on top. This is the top. This is kind of what the ceiling of Alex Smith would, would I mean, this is what everybody thought. This is what I thought, you know, would be kind of the ceiling of Alex Smith after the injury. We knew he wasn't going to look like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers after the injury. Come on. We knew, you know, he never really got far into the playoffs. He never got to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, this is kind of, you know, his kind of, this is kind of a Super Bowl, honestly. Winning the division, being a part of a reason why then a whole organization changes its culture. And he's hanging, he's hanging his head up and he's going out on top. And I absolutely love it. So, this is honestly the perfect decision. I think it's the right decision. He got cut from Washington this year. They're going to kind of still continue to move on and still continue to grow. Thank you for what you did for us this year. Absolutely fantastic. A great leader to Taylor Heineke. You won us five games. I mean, Taylor Heineke didn't win us five games. Um, Dwayne Haskins didn't win us five games. But Alex Smith is the only quarterback on this Washington team that won five games this season. So we have to shout out Alex Smith of what he did this season. Just unfortunately, uh, just uh, he's uh, he's aging out of this league and off of a big old leg reconstructive surgery. So there's really not too much for him to kind of go to now. Um, you know, all the teams, if they don't have a quarterback now, they're going to get one in the draft. And if they're not going to get one in the draft they got any Dalton still so it's just it's unfortunate so uh, I think he made the right decision but uh, before we move off, I mean, Alex Smith kind of has a little bit of an underrated postseason career. Unfortunately, kind of his defense or kind of other players couldn't get it done around him. But I mean, he didn't even he barely threw interceptions in the in the playoffs, which is absolutely fantastic. His touchdown to interception uh, interception ratio in the postseason in seven games is 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. That's fantastic. And look at this game in 2013. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, but his team loses. His team can't get it done. They lose 44 to 45 against the Colts. That was kind of, you know, his best kind of playoff game. Uh, we see early in his career, 2011, three touchdowns, no interceptions, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, it's just kind of his defense couldn't truly kind of get it done too much in those kind of playoff games. So 
Shout out to Alex Smith. Didn't really turn the ball over, man. And if he stayed healthy, if he could have gotten a little bit better when he was kind of, you know, healthy in the premier quarterback, he could have probably won a ring. He could have probably gotten a ring, man. So little unfortunate for that Alex Smith doesn't really have a ring, but uh, a decent career, a solid career, and one to be proud of. So Alex Smith, enjoy retirement. Great career in this league. Very well done. Alrighty, we knew this was coming. Today is Monday, and we got new uniforms in the NFL. So let's see this kind of minute 24 highlight video that the Bengals posted to kind of hype up their new uniforms. Let's see what we got. Let's go full screen, extend it. Let's see what we've got here. We saw kind of the leak. It looked all right. We wanted to kind of see it, you know, on the player, see, you know, officially unveiled here to kind of see how it's looking. So let's see what we're looking at with the Bengals' new jerseys coming up from this 2020 season they got Chad Johnson up here the showcasing the orange and man oh man the black and orange is looking real freaking great I'm loving it and man oh man I love the zebra uniforms folks the white and black stripes I'm absolutely loving it these are looking way better than the leak that we just saw I mean just looking way fresh popping out a little bit more the colors are looking way more better than that leak that we just saw the other day and uh yeah I'm kind of about these bangles uniforms great promo video to have Chad Johnson you know to showcase it a little bit getting the young guys in the uniforms as well and looking real great I mean uh we got more of this video what else we got Joe Burrow showcasing, you know, the zebras. I'm, I'm telling you, I really love these freaking black stripe white in the freaking orange outline. I'm about those jerseys big time, folks. Damn. And then the black and orange looking all good. We got kind of, you know, all the combinations here. So let's get out of this video real quick. Head over to this picture just to kind of see them a little bit more clearly here. We got the orange in the white pants, the black in the white pants, the white in the white pants, and then we got the black in the black pants, the black in the white pants, and the orange in the black pants, just looking real good out here. Not a huge upgrade and a huge overall of what their original uniforms were, but definitely a little bit more modern, a little bit more kind of clean cut, looking real good out here. So, I mean, you look good, you play good. I mean, folks, that's true in this league, folks. It's true about anything. If you're looking good, you're feeling good, you're playing good, you're doing good, you are just good. You look good, you're good. So, these uniforms uniforms are looking real good unfortunately what we don't get though when we were kind of looking at the leak the other day we saw the orange kind of or we saw the white and black kind of zebra uniforms but then they also had these zebra helmets unfortunately they don't show those in the kind of reveal of the new new uniform so unfortunately I don't think we're going to be able to see these kind of white or these yeah these white and black zebra striped helmets but man oh man that whole uniform this entire white and black uniform is absolutely fantastic I hope at some point they incorporate some of these helmets I don't think they will but man oh man that really just completes the entire thing but uh yeah I'm a big fan of these white and black uniforms looking real good the orange is looking good the black's looking good so bangles that's what you got to look forward to go and get some new jerseys of Joe Burrow maybe get one of you know AJ Green pay some homage Get the Ocho Cinco jersey that they're advertising here. So, Bengals, some new uniforms out here looking real good. Uh, can we go back to, uh, where was the leak? Did they post the leak here? I don't see the leak anymore, unfortunately. 
Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Here we go. These were the leak that we saw. Just nothing. It doesn't look good by itself, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these look better. The lighting, you know, the the full, you know, how they want to kind of present it, not kind of hung up in a closet on a hanger, you know, with poor lighting. So, Bengals new uniforms looking really good out here. Alrighty, let's move on. Alrighty, not exactly what you want to hear from a potential number one overall pick. We see that uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of got in trouble with some comments that he's previously made and kind of some of the comments that his dad made, his wife made. Uh, we've heard that, you know, his wife saying, you know, there's bigger things than football and his dad saying that, you know, he honestly could walk away from football at any time and be all right with it. We get Joe Burrow saying himself that, you know, he doesn't have a huge chip on his shoulder, um, that uh, that everyone's out to get me, and he's not really trying to prove everybody wrong. So some not real great quotes there. And I want to preface this before we kind of get into this kind of whole discussion because, I you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's just a sport. You know, it's, it does, you know, it's life, and this is a sport. You know, they're getting paid millions of dollars to do a sport, blah, blah, blah. But like, folks, all right, let's all relax. Is there more, bigger things more – is there things bigger than football? Yes, absolutely. I mean, come on absolutely we know this but but there are some people that love competition I am a big fan of just overall competition everybody trying to win who's going to win who's going to pull out all the stops who's got the skills to do so who's got kind of the you know the the uh, the intellect to kind of pull one over on everybody else that you know who's just going to scheme or play his way to winning of all these people collectively coming together and playing a game a sport anything of the sort so yes there's things bigger, bigger than football and that's fine if you want to believe that if you kind of want to you know roll with that mind and be like, you know what? I like this game because I'm good at it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm just doing it because I'm good at it. I I do like it. I'm good at it. I get paid for it. So that that's fine. If you want to be that guy, be that person, that player, I've got no problems with that. I truly don't. Or if you kind of want to be the one that's like, you know what? I'm going to dominate this fucking sport. I'm going to win. I'm going to be the greatest of all time. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to eat, sleep, breathe, die, sweat, bleed this game because I love it that much. That's all right. Right too, and I, I kind of like that a little bit better than the other guy. Um, but yes, if you want to do that as well, absolutely go for it. But but what you can't do, if you're going to be the first guy, be like, you know what? There's bigger things than football, and then you know you're not kind of getting talked about in the media, or kind of people are like, you know, I can kind of tell that he's really not in it, or you know, when we're having the greatest of all the t greatest of all time discussion, and we kind of you know start talking about you know, or we don't kind of talk about that one player that's not kind of giving it his all 24/7, then don't come crying to us when we're not talking about you at the greatest of all time discussion. Because I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna kind of give it to the guy that's showing us time and time and time again. Tom Brady, we hear quotes of him all the time of you know his dad saying that he has to drag Tom Brady off of the field. We get Michael Jordan, who would literally do whatever it took to win the game. We hear stories all the time of just how competitive Michael Jordan was. And when we kind of look at, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I mean, they're like, you know what, you know, yeah, this is a sport and I like playing it, but, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, they, they don't act like the greatest of all time. They seem like they're kind of like Trevor Lawrence right here. Yeah, I can take it or leave it. I'm just, I'm just doing this because I'm good at it and I can get paid for it. And I do still like the game, but I'm not ready to kind of, you know, sink my my 24-7 life into this game. It's a sport to me. It's not, you know, kind of a lifestyle. It's not my life. So there is two different trains of thought. One, you know, both are fine. I truly don't care, but I'm going to always side with that man that, you know, eat, 
bleeds, sleeps, dies this game because he's putting more into it. That's going to translate what we see on the field. And if, you know, his energy is infectious, that's going to rile up everybody else on that team to make them play even more better as well. Um, so we hear all these kind of quotes of Trevor Lawrence not really taking it too seriously or could take it way more seriously compared to everybody else that, you know, is in the draft that's come before him. You know, we see Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, all that sort. Uh, but then Trevor Lawrence kind of, you know, shores up his quotes a little bit here. All right. Uh, let's see what we get here. Quote here, kind of clarifying what he meant here. Joe, or not Joe Burr, Tre Trevor Lawrence right here. Quote, it seems as if people are misreading my sentiment. I am internally motivated. I love football as much or more than anyone. It is a huge priority in my life. Obviously, I am driven to be the best I can be and to maximize my potential and to win. And I have a lot of confidence in my work ethic. I, I love to grind and to chase my goals. You can ask anyone who has been in my life. That being said, I am secure in who I am and what I believe. I don't need football to make me feel worthy as a person. I purely love the game and everything that comes with it. The work, the team, the ups, the downs. And I am firm and I'm a firm believer in the fact that there is a plan for my life and I am called to be the best I can be at whatever I am doing. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk, LOL. So that was his quote. Not the best. I mean, once again, kind of, you know, still kind of, you know, being like, yes, I love football and, you know, I don't need all this outside motivation. I want to win and I have this kind of work ethic internally. And I agree with that. I kind of, you know, can kind of, you know, relate to that a little bit as well. So I understand that, but uh, it's going to come down to what he's going to do on the field. If he's a winner, I mean, this could kind of go back to why Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he had that great year, year one, but then he won the championship and then never got back there, never really looked the same, never as kind of dominant as he was that first year. So we hear kind of all these, you know, talks, you know, he could, you know, leave at any point. We see him kind of, you know, get a little worse throughout the years over there at Clemson when he was still in college. So we'll see what it's like for Trevor Lawrence here in the NFL. But we have to remember that the Jags head coach is Urban Meyer, folks. The the Ohio State, uh, the ex-Ohio State college quarterback or college coach. And he had to step away from the game because he took it way too seriously. He took it too seriously. It like it was affecting his own health. Like the doctor was like, yeah, you, you probably should not be this fired up. And now he went to the NFL. So, I mean, we got Trevor Lawrence, whose dad and girlfriend's like, yeah, there's bigger things than football. He could walk away at any moment. Uh, pairing up with Urban Meyer, who's like, I will fucking die on this field. I do not care. I will die coaching, y'all. I want to win that bad. So we'll see what's going to happen here. I, don't, I still think Trevor Lawrence gets taken number one overall in the draft. I mean, we can't deny his talent on the field. It, it is there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, if Trevor Lawrence is still kind of, you know, just kind of looking, you know, solid out there, not really elevating his play. I mean, and we hear and we still hear some of these quotes about him and still kind of hear all these stories of him not taking it a thousand percent seriously out here. Then, you know, he shouldn't be upset if we don't call him the greatest of all time. Like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is so upset that nobody calls him the greatest point guard of all time or the greatest player in the league currently but he doesn't put as much time into that LeBron puts in that energy that kind of mentality and same thing with Kevin Durant the man can stay healthy first of all if he could stay healthy he'd be the greatest of all time uh, but he once again he kind of you know acts like Kyrie you know not taking it a thousand percent seriously and like I said that's fine if you want to do that that's fine if you just want to play basketball and collect a check kind of like Kawhi Leonard but he kind of you know still takes it personally just doesn't like to be in the media 
If you want to be like that, that's fine. We've got no problem with that. Go collect that check. Collect that million dollars. I would probably do the same thing. I don't know what I would do in this situation. I think I would take it a little bit more seriously, but at the end of the day, I would probably probably be like, you know what? I've got money, so I do not care what any of y'all say to me. So um, just don't get upset if you don't take it a thousand percent seriously. If there's other people taking it way more seriously than you, just don't get upset with me, the media, anybody else that talks about sports because we love competition and we want to see the greatest go at it. That's why we love sports. We want to see the greatest go at it and see what happens when greatness is matched up with greatness and who can kind of be the greatest, who can be the best. There can only be one winner, folks. Who's it going to be? Because I'm trying to be that one and only winner. If, they, if there's only one winner, I'm trying to be it. So uh, do not get mad at us. Do not get mad at the media. If you do not take it a thousand percent seriously, and then you know, in turn, we don't talk about you as the greatest of all time. Don't not get upset with us. That is on you. That is you. You got money. You didn't want to be the greatest of all time. You got money. That ain't my problem. You got the money. It's my problem for not having money. But we'll talk about other players better than you because they're putting more work in than you. They're putting more kind of their mental state in this game. In this kind of huge competitive field to be the best of the best to be on top 20 50 100 years from now when uh, the, my future generation is talking when the new generation is talking about sports 100 years from now are they going to be talking about Kyrie Irving or are they going to be talking about LeBron James I think they're going to be talking about LeBron James I think Kyrie Irving is going to get kind of swept under the rug a little bit so Alrighty, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you don't flounder out on the field because it's not going to be good for you. They're gonna, everybody's going to be pulling up those quotes time and time again from that man. Alrighty, well, I'm glad I switched over to the Bucks fandom. Um, I would kind of encourage everybody else to do so because Tom Brady just have sur had just had surgery on his knee and he's feeling even better. And now you know he's even going to be better out here since he kind of won, kind of on an injury got better, got healed, got a bionic knee, and now is going to be truly kind of unstoppable out here on the field. So Tom Brady, uh, you know, minor knee surgery uh, that he just had. Now he's just kind of recovering. He says here, I feel pretty good. I don't know if I could go this week, but we'll see how things play out. Um, and then just kind of adding on to that kind of, you know, with this kind of injury here, how he's feeling, quote, it's good, it's good, it's good progress, it's rehab, none of that is fun, but looking forward to getting back to the real training and stuff, which is hopefully here pretty soon, I'm cool with it, it's just a part of what you deal with, things come up, you deal with them the best you can, with the best opportunity to improve, I'm definitely feeling a lot better than I did six or seven weeks ago, so, I mean, this man, he's feeling better, maybe even younger, you know, the knee injury, you know, really bothering him, not really, can't right, kind of, you know, torque the, his foot to throw the ball a little bit, uh, so he gets the surgery to repair it, and, you know, feeling good out here, so Tom Brady, he's gonna be even more dangerous than he was last year, folks, full, healthy knees, ready to rock, potentially his last season, we'll see, who knows, who knows what this man's gonna do, if he wins the ring, he could just be like deuces on back-to-back -back NFL championships, I don't know, man, so Tom Brady's got some nice new knees here, He's going to be even better, man. Watch out for the man, 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 man. I hope that I don't even know. I don't know what the Dolphins schedule is looking like next season, but I truly hope we do not face the Bucks, man, because they're just going to be so freaking great. Damn it. 
Alrighty, let's talk about a potential maybe future great quarterback coming up here in the draft. Trey Lance is set for his second pro day today, and the Falcons and the 49ers are among teams to attend here. So a little interesting here. All right, let's go a little bit deeper into this article. Let's see what's going on here. We see that he has scheduled, uh, I believe today is the last day of pro days as well, like a kind of big, big, uh, big school pro days. So we know we're kind of 10 days away from the draft here. So, you know, pro days are, you know, dwindling if there are any left here. But, uh, yeah, we get uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are expected to attend at Lance's Pro Day today. Uh, they did. The, they went to Justin Fields' Pro Day, Mac Jones' Pro Day. They went to uh, Trey Lance's first Pro Day as well. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are also sending three-person, uh, three three people over here to Lance's Pro Day as well to see what they do at number four because we've heard, you know, the Falcons, you know, they had a statement the other day saying that uh, they want to kind of get quarterback depth for some reason. I don't get it. I don't uh, agree with it. I would not do that, but they were kind of saying that. We'll see if that's true, if that was kind of like a smoke and mirrors thing to kind of get better draft equity We because we've heard both things. We've heard that the Falcons were looking to trade back in the draft, and then after that, we heard that they were kind of looking to kind of get a quarterback here, so maybe they're playing some teams to kind of get better compensation for a kind of trade back in the draft, but we'll see what happens here. We know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. No, I mean, and then for number two, like who's going to be the second best quarterback in this league? It's probably going to be either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And then after those two, it's Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. So we'll see kind of how teams are prioritizing quarterback here. We know the Jets are going to be taking a quarterback at number two. We know the 49ers are taking a quarterback at number three. We're still not really sure we don't think the Falcons are really taking a quarterback at four but you know who's gonna have you know who's gonna be the leftover quarterbacks here who's you know who's the quarterback that a lot of teams are kind of interested in that could potentially be that third selection because you know is it Zach Wilson too is it Justin Fields too and then whoever doesn't get selected there is number three and then we still got Mac Jones who I don't think is gonna be that great so uh, still kind of up in the air here. I think this is kind of one of the, the most uncertain kind of talented quarterback draft classes that we have really kind of gotten in a long, long time here. We all kind of are figuring that Trevor Lawrence is going to be kind of a surefire kind of head out of the park. Like, I think this man's going to step in and kind of do what Justin Herbert did year one. But, I mean, after that, I'm not really sold on Trey Lance. He was at North Dakota State. And, I mean, we saw Carson Wentz come from North Dakota State as well. So, kind of, and he did decent his first year. 62% completion percentage, 3,700 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. But then he cleaned up those interceptions. So, Trey Lance, I mean, if he does, if he looks at, if he looks decent year one, I mean, that's going to be kind of a pretty good silver lining for what this man's going to be able to do in the NFL because we kind of see what a comp of Trey Lance is and that's kind of Carson Wentz since they, since they both came from the same school in the FCS um, and we see you know Carson Wentz looking real good out here 69% completion percentage 4,000 yards a season uh, multiple touchdowns cleaned up those interceptions as we said so we'll see what Trey Lance can do still a big old question mark on that man we're still not really sure on Zach Wilson he kind of boomed on his pro day really elevated his own draft stock there Mac Jones has had probably the best talented offensive roster in college and he had a good success for one year so really and then Trevor Fields or Justin Fields I mean he's coming from a long line of kind of good dual threat quarterbacks at Ohio State is this the one that finally pans out 
potentially, most likely, he's probably looking the most NFL ready of all the other Ohio State quarterbacks that we've seen. But, uh, I mean, we've got Dwayne Haskins in the league and didn't look good. And, you know, people were kind of hyped about him. So, well, I mean, it's going to be truly interesting, folks. We truly do not know any solid draft order besides number one of Trevor Lawrence. We still don't know what the Jets are going to do. And because we don't know what the Jets are going to do, we don't know what the 49ers are going to do. Uh, because they're going to probably get the leftovers of what the Jets don't take. And hopefully they're not kind of on the same page. And so we'll see. That's why the 49ers are kind of looking at every quarterback now. Because they're like, damn, the Jets just freaking kind of undercut us at the number two. So. Draft night, folks, is going to be hella interesting. Cannot wait. Alrighty, we got some spring games here in college, and is it a little too is it a little too early to get kind of big on a quarterback here in college? Because we get JT Daniels, the quarterback from Georgia, a nice thirty yard sling right there, absolutely magnificent for a nice touchdown right before the end of the first half. And uh, you know, I know it's a spring game, but man, I'll give it to him. Look at this pass, look at this throw, putting right enough under it uh, where the safety just tried to make a play on the ball, unfortunately could not and put it right absolutely on the money nice 30 yard strike for this man so keep JT Daniels let's see what this man can do for this year for Georgia and maybe we'll be talking about him like Trevor Lawrence one day we'll see but uh spring games are kind of been play getting played here in college and uh just yeah just the other day I think this was yesterday JT Daniels slinging it around man oh man let's watch it one more time look at the man drop back 30 yards they kind of sink at the end. It didn't really step too much into it. So we'll keep, definitely keep an eye on this man. Obviously, only one pass, one you know, one mini little play from this man. But uh, never. I mean, I miss it. I miss football. I'll tell you that. I'm getting. I I, I love watching these spring games. They're spring games. You know, facing you know the B squad, facing your own good defense. It's like, uh, you know, the starters of the offense facing the starters of the defense. You know, on your own team can't hit the quarterback, can't make any big plays. So it's still football, but you know, it's not as kind of aggressive, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on JT Daniels here. <laughs> Alrighty, and then it's Troy Palomalu's 40th birthday today, and man, oh man, I will never pass up an opportunity to show some freaking Troy Palomalu highlights. Probably my favorite kind of vintage, if we if we call him that, not trying to be disrespectful out here, but kind of my best, my favorite vintage kind of defensive player uh, in the NFL history. Now we've got some kind of uh, corners and safeties that are kind of, you know, doing not exactly what Troy Palomalu can do, because we're going to watch these highlights in a second. A nice little minute highlight tape on this man. But, uh, I mean, we get um, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. We get Minka Fitzpatrick. We kind of get Jamal Adams, who kind of replicate their game a little bit to what Troy Palomalu does. Obviously, they're not as good as Troy Palomalu does because let's just roll these highlights because this man is just a freak athlete, a one-handed interception, right? Just like that, no problem, just goes up. I mean, most defensive backs can't even catch the ball. That's why they play defense. This man's going up one-handed, securing a catch for the interception. Absolutely magnificent. And not only can he do that, he can time the snap just right so he jumps over it and brings down a quarterback for a sack on a QB sneak. When has a quarterback ever gotten sacked on a QB sneak? Troy Palumalu just wrote the blueprint. You jump over the pile. You time the snap count right. Not only was this man a freak athletically, but he was getting it done. He knew he was studying the film. He knew the cadence on the field. He was getting it done. And look at this one. A dive 
diving interception. The Bills player having the ball in his hands, but then he just goes and gets lower. The low man wins. That's what you hear all the time on the line in football, and this man is bringing that kind of mentality to the defensive back position. Low man wins. Well, I'll get even lower than this man, than this wide receiver diving for a ball, and I'll go and have a pick on the goal line. Absolutely fantastic. Laying it all out on the line. Night in, game in, game out. Doesn't matter. Man, oh man, what, what kind of determination? What kind of skills? What kind of talent? And then here he is knocking down the $200 million man, the $100 million man here, Joe Flacco. Knocking the ball out of his hands, he can blitz, he can jump, he can undercut, he can return it to the house, pick six against the Bengals. Look at these trash old uniforms by the Bengals, absolutely garbage here. That's why they threw a pick six. And is that Carson Palmer throwing a shoulder into Troy Palomalu? You think Troy is going to go down by just a little bit of a shoulder tug? No, come on, a little bit of a shoulder tap. Come on, do better, do better, Carson Palmer, damn you. Don't disrespect one of the goats like that. Another one, another great interception here. The ball hawking ability. Here we go against the Colts once again. Just able to kind of scoop and score another touchdown for the defender. And look at this. Look at this, folks. Once again, defensive players can't even catch balls. And this man's making one-handed last second. Slide my hand like Indiana Jones did under the door right before it officially freaking close and I was sealed into this tomb for the rest of my life. He comes in and gets his fingers underneath at the last second to make the interception and here we go. Another one leaping over his own players to make a pick. Surefire and all these are like one-handed. Every single diving pick of this man is one-handed. Just absolutely. I mean folks I can't speak more highly of a player than I can of Troy Palomalu. One of the best defenders to ever do it. He won the rings he had the accolades he has the stats he has the big moments he's got the highlight package he is a true player out here I freak I'll I'll say it I don't care Troy Palomalu is my favorite defensive player of all time in the NFL I've got no problem saying that and now we've kind of got this young group that I kind of you know said a little bit early on Tyron Matthew Jamal Adams Minka Fitzpatrick, who, I mean, collectively don't even still come up to what Troy Palomalu can do by himself, but man, oh man, they do they do their best impression of him, and that's why I love watching those guys on Sundays, but man, oh man, there will never be, well, I, I hope there is another person like Troy Palomalu, because I can go another 15 years watching this man live, absolutely, but uh, man, oh man, a happy birthday to one of the GOATs, a true legend, a true winner, a true competitor, um, and like I said, one of the best defenders to ever play the game so happy birthday Troy Palomalu absolutely love I could watch these highlights every single day folks I truly could just wonderful Alrighty, and then the last story to talk about, we had a buzzer beater in the NBA last night. Brooklyn Nets, Miami Heat, and who who do you think took the last shot here? Not Kyrie, he didn't have the ball. It wasn't Jimmy Butler, it wasn't Goran Dragic, it wasn't Duncan Robinson, it wasn't Kevin Durant because he was injured, it wasn't Joe Harris who's always automatic from three. It's the big fella, it's Bam Adebayo who got called out by basically his entire team. Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra kind of, you know, lightly taking some jabs at Bam Adebayo in their previous game and what does he what does he do he proves everybody wrong nice little mid-range jumper tied at 107 it falls it goes it goes down they win by two Bam Adebayo says y'all got something to say 
I didn't think so. Let's win this motherfucking finals for uh, let's go back to back. Let's actually win it this year and just hold on. I'll put y'all on my back. Yes, sir. Game winner. Shot goes down. Fantastic work here by Bam Adebayo. And another game. Kyrie Irving can't win by himself. Kevin Durant goes down in the fourth in the first quarter with a little bit of a thigh contusion. Um, and Kyrie Irving can't will his team alone. Mah, mah. I don't know what y'all want from me. I don't know what y'all want from me, but Kyrie Irving, another loss by himself. <laughs> all righty, let's, uh, let's uh, move on. Those were all the stories that we need to talk about for today, so let's head over to the NBA. We'll break down what happened yesterday in the NBA, do our moneymaker for today's action, and then we'll finally look at Cade Johnson. What can this man do at the wide receiver position from South Dakota State? Should our teams be drafting him? Should he go above Devontae Smith? Should he go above Lamar Chase? No, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll still we'll give him a, maybe a 1% chance right now, but uh, we'll see what that man can do. But let's start here in the NBA from last night. Let's start here with the Hawks and the Pacers, and we took this game in our moneymaker easy money. Why are y'all still betting the Pacers? Here's some good advice. Never bet the Pacers. They are absolutely garbage, folks. They have one good win all season. It was against the Suns. That is it. That was their only good win. They had no other good wins. If you want to count Boston early on as a good win, it wasn't. It was not a good win. They're kind of decent now. They're a little kind of above average right now but not at the beginning of the season. So this Pacers team, we had the Hawks at home, minus two. Are you kidding me? We ate that up. We swallowed that all day. Perfect. And here they go. They win by 12, 129, 117 over the Pacers. So a great win here by the Hawks. So let's talk about them first. I mean, all the starters got it done. Holy moly. Trey Young, 34 points and 11 assists, 5 rebounds to go along with that. Finally getting back to the line. That's why he put up so many more points here. Got to the line 14 times. But uh, shot 3 of 9 from 3, 42% overall from the field. Leading the squad for the scoring. I can get behind it. Bogdan Bogdanovich is still getting it done here for... The Hawks, 23 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, 5 of 11 from 3. Very well done. Clint Capella, second leading scorer, 25 points, but 24 rebounds. I mean, Miles Turner, this was his first game back. Still getting out-rebounded by freaking Clint Capella out here. 8 of his 24 rebounds were offensive boards as well, so fantastic. John Collins only put up 8 points. Luckily, everybody else was picking up the scoring because we get Kevin Huter, um, Kevin Herter to round out the starters out here. 23 points. Three assists, nine rebounds, five of seven from three. So the starters really just all got it done. Nothing great off this bench. Lou Williams only eight points on 10 shots, 30% shooting. Yikes from that man. But nothing else great from the bench. But it didn't matter because all the starters got it done. So very well done for this Hawks team to secure a win. The Pacers, another little flounder here. Sabonis goes back to the three, or goes back to the four since Miles Turner's back in the starting lineup. But, I mean, they don't get the solid point production from their starters. They don't get that. Karis LeVert, a bad game. But we'll, let's start here with Malcolm Brogdon. He led the team in scoring 29 points, 8 assists, 3 of 7 from 3, 61% from the field overall. But then Karis LeVert, 11 points on 33% shooting, 1 of 4 from 3. Couldn't get it done. Miles Turner's first game back, 9 points, 11 rebounds. Sabonis, 18 points, 14 rebounds, not being that kind of tier 1 score that they needed. And then Justin Holiday, 6 points. Six points to round out the starters. So nothing truly consistent, nothing great. I mean, when we're looking at this Hawks roster, this Hawks starting roster, I mean, literally all the points just came from the starters. Uh, the Pacers couldn't keep up scoring. So truly unfortunate for them. 
They did get some decent bench contribution out here. TJ McConnell, 18.7 assists. That was really good. He shot 90% on 10 shots. Fantastic. And then Edmund Sumner, 14 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds on 50% shooting off the bench. But once once again, I mean, just the starters couldn't get it done. So Sabonis really needs to go and be kind of that 25, 30-plus point scorer every night. And we also need Karis LeVert to really kind of be the number two scorer out here. Unfortunately, none of those things happen, and they lose by 12. So very well done for the Hawks. Love seeing and them kind of winning and they get the win and we called the minus two so fantastic Alrighty, let's go to the Knicks and the Pelicans. We chose this one. It was about, uh, I think it was kind of, what was it, Knicks, uh, Knicks, minus, Knicks plus one and a half, I think it was. Um, they ended up winning in overtime. Pelicans couldn't get it done. I mean, just some nice clutch shots um, in the fourth quarter Quarter by Reggie Bullock. The game tying three. And then Eric Bledsoe has a chance to win it in regulation and misses it. Once again, just Eric Bledsoe being absolutely trash offensively. He is a good defender, don't get us wrong, but man, oh man, you you have to put up points. You have to be a scoring threat on the floor at all times. And Eric Bledsoe is just truly not. So, unfortunate uh, that Eric Bledsoe couldn't hit the game-winning kind of step-back mid-range jumper. And then they go into overtime, and the Pelicans couldn't keep up scoring. So, unfortunate there. But let's start here with the Knicks. Julius Randle, 33 points, 5 steals, 10 assists, 5 rebounds doing everything. Wasn't efficient from the field, but got it done in all the columns. So, we'll give it to him absolutely. R.J. Barrett putting up 18 points, 4 rebounds, 46% shooting. Reggie Bullock at the 3, I mean a huge, huge points here. Only 15 points, but, but he had the game-tying shot that put him in overtime that led them to the win. So we'll absolutely give it up for Reggie Bullock out here. Absolutely cash in the clutch, and that's all we can ask. So 15 points, 4 rebounds on 75% shooting, 6 of 8. Fantastic. Nerlens Noel had some nice defensive effort there in the late kind of fourth quarter and in overtime as well. So fantastic to Nerlens Noel. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 4 of those rebounds offensive. So definitely very well done there. And then to round out the starters at the starting point guard position, Alfred Payton, 5 points, 3 assists, 1 rebound, only playing 19 minutes. Nothing great there. But, but, Derrick Rose off the bench, man. Derrick Rose got it done. They really kind of relied and kind of, you know, put him in out there in the fourth quarter late in the fourth quarter he kind of closed out the game so Derrick Rose fantastic out here 23 points five assists three rebounds on 52 percent shooting was just absolutely amazing out on the floor in the clutch time just kind of being that floor facilitator uh, he was a uh, second leading scorer on the team besides Julius Randle so getting it done Emmanuel quickly off the bench, only eight points, three assists, four rebounds. That's all good, but you know, 20% shooting for eight points, not the greatest there. Just got to the line a bunch of times for his points. Taj Gibson, six points, but 14 rebounds. Once again, being that great defender that he is. So they got a nice little bench here with uh, Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson. And it could be even better if Emmanuel quickly and like OB top and just kind of have solid 10 point production games out here. But uh, another win for this Knicks team. Absolutely well done. And I don't know, man. Did we make the wrong choice by putting the Warriors in at number nine in our power rankings and not the Knicks? I think, I think so. So watch out for the Knicks on Friday when we update our power rankings. I'm not going to do kind of a pre-week um, update in the power rankings here for the Knicks. We'll see if they can kind of keep on winning. Um, you know, this Pelicans team is still a decent team. Don't get us wrong, but it's not, you know, a Jazz, a Nuggets, a Clippers, a... Um 
who else we got? Uh, a Nets team. So we'll keep eyes on this Knicks team. Very well done. And uh, really, really definitely outside looking in. Obviously, number 11 right now. Got to put them there. But uh, we'll see if they can kind of crack, crack the top 10 in our power rankings come Friday. All right, let's go to the Pelicans now. Lonzo Ball back in the lineup in another loss. I mean, he's been back the last two games, two straight L's. Come on, folks. I know Lonzo Ball's not trash. I understand that, but is he that great? Is he that great? I don't know. I don't know. So Eric Bledsoe still at the one here. Lonzo Ball sliding over to the two, and it didn't really work out too well. for e uh, Eric Bledsoe had a decent game, 22 points, four assists, four rebounds on 40% shooting, three of nine from three. So that was decent, but he missed the game winner and couldn't just kind of be that kind of consistent, that greatness for the entire game. And that really you know, hurt the team. They lost because of it. So unfortunate there by Eric Bledsoe. Lonzo Ball, five points, three assists, seven rebounds on 22 percent shooting okay okay Alonzo Ball not really getting it done offensively once again what we know of that man Steven Adams 10 points 14 rebounds Zion Williamson did his thing 34 points five assists nine rebounds he's so freaking great out there on the floor man this man is absolutely fantastic <clears throat> I mean when you're putting up you know 25 plus 30 plus points on a nightly basis with over 50% shooting. I mean, just efficient as all heck. He can eat down low whenever he wants. So another great night by Zion. Brandon Ingram, 19 points, four assists, four rebounds. A little bit of a light night with him, 33% shooting. And then just nothing great really off this bench. I mean, we got Najee Marshall, nine points and off of 28% shooting off the bench. Anything great there? Nothing. Uh, Jackson Hayes gets in for 16 minutes, six points, five rebounds. But uh, oh, all in all, I mean, this Pelicans team just could not get it done. They really floundered in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, allowed the Knicks to come back. And shout out to the Knicks for taking advantage. So Lonzo Ball still not getting it done, hurting Zion Williamson. Alrighty, another player that doesn't get it done. The Nets and Kyrie Irving. A two-point loss here. We just watched the Bam Adebayo buzzer beater um, at the top of the show. But uh, fantastic for Bam Adebayo. Heat to get back on track here. The Nets lose Kevin Durant again. Classic Kevin Durant can stay healthy. This time it shouldn't be too long. It's just a little bit of a thigh contusion. Kind of got took a, a knee to the thigh and you know had to be out for the rest of the game. So hopefully he's not out for too much longer. But we don't know. It's Kevin Durant. Uh, so let's start here with the Heat. Who got it done? Jimmy Butler did not play this game, and they still were able to win. Fantastic. So this is the lineup that they went with. Uh, Kendrick Nunn at the one, Duncan Robinson at the two. That's, you know, the same. But then they move Trevor Ariza to the three. Andre Iguodala gets promoted to the starters at the four. And Bam Adebayo is still at the five. So Kendrick Nunn, 17 points, two assists. Two rebounds. Duncan Robinson, only 11 points on three of eight from three. Not the greatest. Bam Adebayo, fantastic night. Led the team in scoring. 21 points, 15 rebounds. Hit the game winner. So fantastic there. Andre Iguodala, eight points, five assists, three rebounds. Got it done defensively. He was a plus one on the floor. And then Trevor Reza, 15 points, nine rebounds, one assist on 55% uh, shooting. So not terrible all, all around here by the starters. But, uh, man, oh, man, uh, Kyrie Irving can't win by himself on a Jimmy Butlerless Heat team? Come on, man. How many t excuses are you going to make for Kyrie Irving? I'm truly over that man. And once again, I will not be bullied into saying that Kyrie Irving's this amazingly great player. Yes, his individual talent is good, but the man does not result in wins by himself. So I'm a little off of him honestly 
Um, oh, I'm big off of him, and uh, y'all know I've been big off of him. But uh, off the bench here. For the Heat, Tyler Hero is still playing trash out here. Nine points on 30% shooting on 13 shots. Just can't really get – he can't find his groove offensively, and that really hurts this Heat team. This Heat team needs to still be explosive from three off the bench as well. Just hasn't really been like that, like it has been in the bubble last season, this season, unfortunately for this Heat team. Goran Dragic, 18 points off the bench, 7 assists, 8 rebounds, fantastic work by Goran Dragic, once again can always rely on this man, and uh, you know it was really interesting that they kind of kept Goran Dragic off the bench, but at the end of the day it worked out you know, to run kind of the second squad here. So Goran Dragic can always be reliable, fantastic work, second leading uh, score for the team. And then Dwayne uh, Dedman. Uh, 10 points, 10 rebounds off the bench in only 15 minutes. Absolutely uh, fantastic. So uh, not bad overall here by the Heat. No Jimmy Butler. Still no Victor Oladipo. Able to get the win. Bam Adebayo hitting the clutch shot. <clears throat> now let's talk about the Nets now. All righty. Kevin Durant only plays four minutes. Like we said, he got injured early on. But once again, I mean, Kevin Durant in four minutes, eight points on 100% shooting. I mean, folks, it's just fantastic. This man is, he he could have rivaled Steph Curry as the greatest shooter of all time. He could have rivaled LeBron James as the greatest player of all time if he could just stay healthy. And also if he didn't kind of join this, <laughs> join the Warriors as a super team. Um, but man, oh man, I mean, he's got the ability. He's better than Kyrie Irving. I'll say that. I've got no problem saying that. Um, but uh, just can't stay healthy. It's truly unfortunate. But uh, let's go to uh, Kyrie Irving here. 20 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 of 9 from 3, 31% overall, a minus 8 on the floor and a 2-point loss. Not the greatest out there by Kyrie Irving. Um, Bruce Brown back in the starting lineup here at the 2. 8 points, 11 rebounds on 57% shooting. Blake Griffin back in the starting lineup. Not, I didn't like it the greatest, but he actually kind of had the best night out of everybody kind of plus minus wise. Uh, he was a plus 14 in a loss, so I will give him that, absolutely. But uh, seven points, four assists, six rebounds. He's taking a lot of threes, but he's hitting them here with the net. So I got to give it up for Blake Griffin. To, he clowned the Pistons. He swindled the Pistons. He's With the Pistons, he's like, oh, I, I'm trash. I can't dunk. I'm not efficient from three, but I'm going to still take them. I'm not going to drive. I'm just going to take these threes until I'm out of here. And then I'm cashing out in three. Two of four from three. Fantastic. That was the only shots he hit all night. He went two of seven from the field, but uh, two of four from three. So uh, interesting there by Blake Griffin. That's why I'm not the biggest kind of fan of Blake Griffin at the current moment. But he kind of got it done, so I'll give it to him. Uh, Joe Harris, uh, once again, a little bit of a lackluster night that because Kyrie Irving is at the helm, man. How many more games do we have to see it? This is causation right here. Kyrie Irving ruins Joe Harris. He does not facilitate the floor. He does not make players better. Kyrie Irving does not make players better. We see it time and time again, folks. Every game that James Harden was by himself, Joe Harris was splashing out every single night. Here he is, another lackluster performance out here. 12 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds on two of nine from three, 41% overall from the field. So he couldn't hit the threes because Kyrie Irving, I don't know, something about him, man. Something something about that, man. Um, all right, so those were all the starters. But man, oh, man, Landry Shamit steps up big off the bench. Leading score for the squad, 30 points, three assists, two rebounds, seven of 12 from three. Jeez Louise, fantastic. Nicholas Claxton off the bench getting into the mix a little bit. 4.6 rebounds just being decent out there. But nothing else really truly great here from the bench. 
Um, and, you know, Bam Adebayo has the last shot, takes it. Kyrie Irving couldn't get it done, and that's the game. So um, and the Nets lose another game here, and we have to be a little uh, nervous for this Nets team going into the uh, going into the playoffs because, I mean, they're losing against a Heat team with no Jimmy Butler. That's not good. You've got Kyrie Irving. You should have just won it single-handedly, honestly. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't. So Heat get the win, 109-107. <clears throat> All right, I truly don't want to talk about this game, but we have to, unfortunately. Blazers, Hornets, very well done to the Hornets. I'm truly impressed with this Hornets team. Still competitive. Everybody can really get it done. Terry Rougier going off on a tear, 34 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds, 7 of 13 from 3. Fantastic night. Uh, Cody Martin in the starting lineup here, 5 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. Just didn't take a lot of shots out there. Uh, Vernon Carey Jr. at the 5 for only 7 minutes. Didn't really do anything in those short minutes. Uh, 0 points, 1 rebound. Miles Bridges, 19 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. Can count on him as well. And then Jalen McDaniels to round out the starters, 13 points and 6 rebounds on 57% shooting. But their bench, P.J. Washington, really gets it done. 23 points, 8 rebounds. Cody Zeller, 7 points, 3 re rebounds. Kind of got it done decently defensively. And then Kayla Martin also off the bench, eight points, five rebounds. So all in all, a decent night by everybody on this Hornets team. That's what you kind of need with this Hornets team now since they are losing three of their stars. Um, uh, LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Malik Monk. You're losing three big score scorers out there, three just great players on the floor at any given time. So um, <clears throat> Hornets are still kind of decently competitive here. They're just able to beat this Blazers team. So fantastic. Absolutely well done for the Hornets. I'm all in for the Hornets getting into the playing tournament. They are still that kind of eighth seed here in the East. Um, I don't see them kind of falling out of the top 10. They would, you know, I mean, they've got a nice kind of four or five game lead between number eight and 10. So eight and an 11. So hopefully they can stay in this playing tournament, see what they can do. But uh, man, oh man, this Blazers team, another loss, another loss. Yes, no Damian Lillard, but it, that should not really be an excuse, especially against this Hornets team that has lost three of their top freaking players out here. So Let's talk about this Blazers team absolutely killing me. Nurchich is still in the starting lineup. I think it's a big mistake, but I don't know, man. I don't know. So here we go. <clears throat> No Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum switches over to the one here. 22 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 of 8 from 3, 36% overall. Not the best uh, kind of efficiency, but everything else is pretty good. Norman Powell switching over to the two here. 17 points, 2 steals, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. Once again, not efficient. 1 of 8 from 3. Just could not get it done. Nurchic still at the five. 12 points, 6 rebounds. He was a plus 4 in this loss, so good defensively, but... Uh, not great everything else. Uh, Robert Covington, zero points on only one shot, seven rebounds, minus five on the floor. Couldn't get it done defensively. And then Rondé Hollis-Jefferson couldn't get it done defensively, minus 18 on the floor, seven points on 20% shooting. Nothing truly great over there. So this Blazers team kind of falls apart without Damian Lillard. Uh, let's talk about their bench now. Ennis Cantor, 12.7 rebounds. He was a minus 19 on the floor. God damn, nothing good from this team last night. Jeez. Uh, Carmelo Anthony had 24 points. Fantastic. 6 of 12 from 3. He was a plus 5, just not able to kind of put them over uh, for the win. They lose by 8, unfortunately. And man, oh man, this Blazers team, we were talking about you know them as kind of one of the best teams in this league. We were talking about Damian Lillard as MVP. 
But, uh, I mean, they're 4-6 and six in their last 10. They've fallen down to the 6th seed, which, you know, doesn't seem like too big of a drop because these other teams were kind of trash already. The Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, they never really had that great of a record above 500 where the Blazers really kind of, you know, packed down their wins when it was just Damian Lillard out there. Now that CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurchich is back, it's like they cannot win games with that lineup. So, truly unfortunate here by the Blazers. They're still the 6th seed and still don't have to play in that playing tournament and still have a two-game lead above that seventh seed. So they're still kind of in prime position to still kind of recover, but they have to go and recover. They need to start winning games, and until they do, we've got to kind of fade them big, and it is kind of hurting me, truly, watching this team lose, lose, lose. They just won by one point the other day against the Spurs, just squeaking out a win. Now they're losing against the Hornets. Not really kind of... uh, Ugh, not really not good. <laughs> we'll just leave it as that. Not really good. Alrighty. Let's keep moving on here. Rockets getting the win over the Magic. Fantastic. No John Wall. No problem. Kevin Porter says, I, hey, I'm, I'm the guy here now. No need for John Wall. So, well done for this Rockets team getting the win. Let's go through them very quickly. Avery Bradley um, in the number one position in lieu of John Wall. Seven points, three assists, five rebounds on 25% shooting. Kevin Porter Jr. at the two, 22 points. Seven assists, three rebounds on 53% shooting. We'll take that. Christian Wood led the team in scoring. 25 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. Love it. Kelly Olynyk second leading scorer. 24 points, four assists, seven rebounds. I mean, I'm telling y'all, Kelly Olynyk has found his team. It's this. It's the Rockets. And I want to see what this Rockets team can do next year. Be big on the Rockets next year. They have their core. If they keep Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, and Kelly Olynyk, that's their core. That is their core. Now let's just kind of maybe shore up uh, through free agency in the draft. Watch out for this Rockets team. I want to root for this Rockets team, truly. Hopefully they all stick together because this is a nice squad here. I like it. Um, Daniel House Jr. is also out. I mean, that's another scoring threat that they can have on this team. So watch out. for the They've got the pieces. They've got the pieces. Um, Deshaun Tate. 14 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds. So really everybody got it done in the starting lineup except for Avery Bradley, and we know he's not the greatest out there. Um, off the bench, anything great? We get uh, Armani Brooks, 16 points, 2 rebounds. We'll take that. We'll take 16 points off the bench. Absolutely on 71% shooting, 5 of 6 from 3. Magnificent, my man. Um, so nothing else really great from the bench, but hey, they got that one kind of double-digit score. All the starters got it done. So very nice night here from the Rockets last night to get the win. All right, now the Magic. Anybody step up here? Dwayne Bacon led the team in scoring 22 points. We get Gary Harris and Cole Anthony both with 16 points. Off the bench, Mo Bamba playing 16 minutes, 11 points, 9 rebounds. Yes, sir, Mo Bamba's playing a little bit more minutes out here. He was a plus 10 on the floor. We'll give him that. So we know this Magic team isn't anything special. They're kind of in a whole rebuild after the trade deadline, so... We'll say, you know, we don't really talk too much about this Magic here, but uh, I like what I'm seeing from this Rockets team. Love it. So they get the win, 114-110 over the Magic. Then we get, uh, let's go to this game, Thunder and the Raptors, and the Raptors getting back on track here with the win. Let's kind of see what their playoff positioning is like now in the East. We know they're kind of rivaling the Bulls, and now they are now the 10th seed instead of the Bulls. So this Bulls and Raptors team both had the same win percentage, both kind of, you know, the same uh, kind of game back. So, I mean, you know, when they're kind of, you know, playing every other night, you know, Bulls are playing one night, Raptors are playing one night. We just saw the Bulls win two nights ago. That's 
That's why they were the 10th seed. Raptors just played last night. They won. That's why they're now the 10th seed right now. So we're going to get this back and forth here between the Raptors and the Bulls until they face each other or one team loses. But we'll see which team blanks. And the Raptors just won last night. So fantastic there. They didn't have any other players. No Fred Van Vliet. No Pascal Siakam. No Kyle Lowry. And what is up with all these teams, um, you know, losing all their main players, but then stepping up to the occasion like this kind of Raptors team is, like this Hornets team is. But Kyrie Irving can't win by himself. That Blazers team falls apart, falls apart without Damian Lillard. This is why we take winning. This is why we really, you know, we care what you do at max strength, obviously. But, you know, when you're having stretches of, you know, Giannis being out and the Bucks still winning and you know everybody being out for the Raptors and they still win and the Hornets everybody's out for them but they still have next man up next man up mentality and win I mean that's why we favor these teams over these other teams that are still loaded just kind of missing either a James Harden or Kevin Durant but you still have Kyrie Irving and you still can't will your team to win when the other team didn't even have their best player of Jimmy Butler so I don't get what we're talking about here I understand that you want to root for these players and say that they're the greatest ever I understand all this but let's be a little bit realistic out here that's why we elevate some of these teams above some of these other stacked teams because they still are able to win without having their best players and I absolutely respect the hell out of these teams so absolutely magnificently well done here for this Raptors team for the win Yes, it's not a great. Yes, it's not against the greatest competition in the Thunder. But hey, I'm not gonna knock you for what you're doing. Everybody steps up, so I gotta give them so much credit. So let's uh, start here with the Raptors. This is the lineup they've got going on. Malachi Flynn at the 1, Paul Watson at the 2, Gary Trent Jr. at the 3, Chris Boucher at the 4, and Ken Birch at the 5. Literally, no no starters besides Gary Trent Jr. And he was acquired from the freaking trade deadline. So, Malachi Flynn, 15 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds, solid game. We've been seeing some great games by this man, so he's still getting it done here. Paul Watson, absolutely kind of atrocious out here. 0 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds on... 0 of 10 shooting. Absolutely trash there by that man. Uh, Ken Birch, 7.6 rebounds. He's slowly getting into it here for this Raptors team. Chris Boucher led the team in scoring a fantastic night. 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 of 9 from 3. Got it done. And then Gary Trent Jr., second leading scorer, 23 points, 5 steals, and 5 rebounds on 5 of 10 from 3. So a great night by Gary Trent Jr., great night by Chris Boucher. And then off the bench, we get anything great here? Yes, we do. Utah Watanabe still getting it done off the bench. 10 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. We get Freddie Gillespie. Uh, Gillespie, uh, 10 points, 2 rebounds, and Stanley Johnson, 12 points, 3 rebounds. Yes, sir. So, great night overall by this Raptors team. Next man up mentality. Kind of, you know, now, you know, I, and this is what I love. You know, Chris Boucher and Gary Trent Jr., they're kind of, you know, the stars on this team now, the main stars on this team with all those other players being out, and they still got it done. So, absolutely fantastic here by this Raptors team. All right, the Thunder, they still had no um, Shea Gales-Alexander, unfortunately. So uh, who stepped up here? Lugens Dort, now starting at the one. We saw him kind of at the two getting it done. He goes to the number one here and still got it done. 29 points, four rebounds, two assists. He shot 60% in five of eight from three. 
Theo Melendon takes over the starting two, nine points, two assists, four rebounds. Moses Brown still at the five, zero points, four rebounds. Darius Baisley, 16 points, eight rebounds. And then Alexev Puko Savetsky, eight points, five assists, seven rebounds, 0 of 8 from three. It's, yeah, 0 of 8 from three. So we saw him kind of get big on the mat for about two game stretch here, but he's just kind of, he just kind of caught fire for one night. So Puko Zetsky, Still nothing truly great here. He's not, you know, the next Curry um, or anything close to that. Uh, so we can kind of start fading him a little bit more as well. Off the bench, let's just shout out these players really quickly. Isaiah Roby, 11 points, 8 rebounds. Ty Jerome, 9 points, 6 assists. And Kenish Williams, 12 points. But uh, nothing great on that Thunder team. Very well done for that Raptors team of everybody stepping up. All right, let's finish off the NBA. Here we go. Two last games we'll go through quickly. Kings, Mavericks, Kings get the win here over the Mavericks. And once again, just this Mavericks team, nobody else gets it done besides Luka Doncic. There's nobody else good on that team. Not even Porzingis, honestly. I'm over him. Um, so here we go. Let's start here with the Kings. De'Aaron Fox, 30 points, 12 assists. I mean, he's just so freaking great. If he was on a better team, everybody would be talking about him, but he's unfortunately on a Kings team that is kind of absolutely trash. <laughs> They've got some nice pieces, don't get me wrong, but... Um, so Darren Fox had a great game, but he healed only two points, but he only took five shots. I mean, really kind of uncharacteristic of him. This man wants to take like 11 threes every single game. Hassan Whiteside back in the starting lineup. Love it. 12 points, 10 rebounds. He got it done. Maurice Harkless, 8.6 rebounds. And then Harrison Barnes, huge game by him. 24 points, 5 rebounds on 5 of 8 from 3. Fantastic. And then look at this bench. Holy man. Uh, Terrence Davis. 23 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Great night by him. 5 of 5 from 3. 75% overall from the field. Fantastic. And then D'Lon Wright off the bench. 13 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. He kind of gets it done. We've seen him kind of in the starting lineup a little bit, and he never has really kind of solid, great production. Him coming off the bench, pretty great production out here. So we'll see if that kind of sticks, if he stays. Um, interesting. Uh, so the Kings get the win. Now let's go to the Mavericks. What went wrong with that? Obviously not Luka Doncic. He put up 37 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, 4 of 13 overall. Josh Richardson, 7 points on 33% shooting. Chris Porzingis, 9 points on 21% shooting. Maxi Kleber, 0 points on 0 of 3 shooting trash. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith actually had a pretty good game here. 22 points on 72% shooting. Finally, somebody else getting it done besides Luka Doncic. Unfortunately, nobody else really got the memo. It was Luka, it was Dorian Finney-Smith, and it was also kind of Jalen Brunson off the bench who put up 20 points, 4 assists, and 4 rebounds on 80% shooting. Fantastic night, but... Everything else real lackluster. Nobody else able to get it done. Nobody else to kind of kind of pick up the slack. Where we still had Chris Porzingis, you still had Josh Richardson to put up the points. They just didn't do it. So, and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. A little bit of a lackluster game. He was good defensively. He we see he was a plus ten in a big old loss here. But only eight points, no assists, three rebounds on twenty percent shooting on ten shots. So that wasn't great. But the defense was good. So we'll give him that a little bit. But overall, nothing truly great by this Mavericks team. Um, so they lose 121-107 over the Kings. And then the last game of the night, the Clippers and the Timberwolves thought the Timberwolves would play a little bit better than what they did. We took them plus 10 last night. They lose by 19, unfortunately. So let's start here with the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, 15 points. He ended up did playing last night. We, he was a game-time decision when we were talking about it, but he did play. 15 points, 8 assists, 11 rebounds. Great night. 
Uh, Marcus Morris, 19 points, 6 rebounds. Zubak, 13 points, 6 rebounds. Paul George, 23 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds on 52% shooting. Love it. Reggie Jackson still getting it done. 13 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds on 44% shooting. And then off the bench, we get Luke Kennard with the 13 points. We get Terrence Mann with 8 points. Rondo only played uh, 14 minutes, didn't really need him out there. He went 2 points, 4 assists. So, I mean, the starters were able to get it done here for the Clippers. Now, let's quickly go to the Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell is still not in the starting lineup here. They both played 22, 23 minutes, him and Ricky Rubio. But Ricky Rubio still gets the nod here. 6 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds. Anthony Edwards, 23 points, 6 assists, 3 rebounds. I think this man is really kind of wrapping up Offensive Rookie of the Year since LaMelo Ball has gone out. This man has really been consistent here this back half of the season, so very well done to Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns, a little lackluster last night. Only 16 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. J.D. McDaniels, 11 points. And Josh Okuji, 8 points, 1 assist, 1 rebound. So nothing great overall here by the starters. Anthony Edwards tried his hardest. Uh, D'Angelo Russell had 11 points and 4 assists off the bench. So still kind of, once again, still neck and neck with Ricky Rubio. Will they make the switch this season to Ricky Rubio down to the bench? D'Angelo Russell back to the starting lineup. I would think so, but it doesn't seem like they're really in any hurry. So... Interesting there. And then let's uh, shout out to Naz Reed off the bench. 13.7 rebounds. We'll give it to him. So Clippers get the win last night. 124-105 over the Timberwolves. Now let's quickly go and rank the performances here for our six-man and MVP race to kind of give these point totals. Uh, so far, Joel Embiid is our MVP frontrunner, and Montrose Herald is our six-man of the year frontrunner. Uh, when you play, we judge your performance on a minus five to positive five-point basis. You start at two points for a win, then we'll adjust you accordingly. And you start at minus two for a loss, we'll adjust you accordingly. And uh, you get minus three if you did not play play in that game so let's uh go through these quickly first one up is Giannis the Bucks did not play last night so we don't have to worry about him uh James Harden the Nets did play last night he did not so that's minus three off the rip but they lost so I'm gonna give it to I'm actually gonna count it as a as a kind of cancellation right there they lost because they don't have that leadership of James Harden Kyrie Irving by himself cannot get it done so you get minus three for not playing but I'm gonna chalk it up to zero because they still lost so James Harden still at minus six points there in the MVP discussion. Joel Embiid in the 76ers did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. Jokic, or no, Damian Lillard did not play last night. His team lost, so you get minus three for not playing. Um, they still couldn't really get it done without him, but we're still going to knock off probably about a point for this man from not playing. So he'll go down to minus three. Um, alrighty, uh, where are we at here with the MVP race? Now we go to Jokic. Him and the Nuggets did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. And then Steph Curry and the Warriors did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. So, Joel Embiid is still our MVP frontrunner so far. Now the sixth man of the year, Montrezl Harrell and the Lakers did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. Jordan Clarkson did play last night with the Mavericks. They lost, so he starts at minus two, but like we like we said, his offensive production wasn't the greatest, but his defensive production of a plus 10 on the floor, I've got to give it to him. Uh, so we'll just kind of keep it as a, as we'll bring him down to a minus one there. So minus two for a loss there. But minus one for the performance. So he goes down to minus eight. Or no, he's still at minus seven. Tim Hardaway Jr. goes down to one. Uh, the Jazz and Jordan Clarkson did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. And then the last person, Thaddeus Young. The Bulls did not play last night, so we don't have to worry about him. Alrighty, so Montrezl Harrell is still our sixth man of the year. And Joe Embiid is still our MVP. 
now let's see what we have on tap today in the NBA. Unfortunately, oh no, we do. I didn't think we do. Um, alrighty. So we do have nationally televised primetime games on tonight. Fantastic. Uh, but let's get our moneymaker going. We unfortunately had two of two of last night. We took the Nets minus three, uh, but Kevin Durant went out. So we kind of have to count that one as the wash. We wouldn't have taken that if, Ky uh, if Kevin Durant wasn't playing. And Timberwolves minus 10. We took a leap of faith. We thought potentially Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing. He did play, unfortunate. But let's see what we got tonight. We got Cavs, Pistons, Bulls, Celtics, Warrior 76ers, 730 on ESPN. That should be a pretty good one. Let's see if Seth Curry can make his MVP case against the front runner of MVP of Joel Embiid. All right, then we get Spurs, Pacers, Rockets, Heat, Thunder, Wizards, Suns, Bucks, Grizzlies, Nuggets, and at 10 o'clock, Jazz, Lakers, ESPN. Uh, probably not going to be that great of a game there because um, the Lakers are still trash, but we'll see what happens. But let's update these lines. Let's refresh these lines. Let's see what we get, and let's get a nice moneymaker here and go four for four, however many teams we put in here, whatever value we get. Let's see where we can find it. So here we go. First game up, Cavs, Pistons. Cavs minus three, Pistons plus three. All righty. I like this Cavs team if everybody's playing. Let's see what we get. All right, for the Cavs, Larry Dance Jr. is out, and that's really it. For the Pistons, Wayne Ellington is out. Mason Plumley is out. Rodney McGruder is out. Corey Joseph is out. Jeremy Grant is out. Dennis Smith is out. So, yes, of course, we will take the Cavs minus three. Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, um, Jared Allen, and even freaking Kevin Love. He's been kind of working with that group. So, we got some nice starters here for the Cavs. Jeremy Grant out for the Pistons. Who's going to step up? We haven't seen anything consistent. So, we feel good with the Cavs minus three there. All right, first value is a good one, so that's always promising. Let's continue on here. We get the Bulls and the Celtics. Bulls plus 6.5, Celtics minus 6.5. Interesting here. Let's see who's playing. Uh, Zach Levine is still out in the COVID-19 protocols. For the Celtics, Kemba Walker is a game-time decision. Evan Fournier is still out, though, with the COVID-19. Marcus Smart is a game-time decision, and Robert Williams is out. All righty. We'll stay away from this one. This, is a, this, should, this should still be a good game here, uh, but we have to stay away from it with Zach Levine. Now, the Bulls did win their first game without Zach Levine. That's probably... Probably a really good silver lining there, but this Celtics team at home, ah, man, they're dangerous, folks. This is a dangerous, nice Celtics team that Jason Tatum is getting it done on a nightly basis. So we'll have to stay away from this spread. I don't think it's any great value, especially because we don't know what we're going to get from the Bulls tonight. So we'll stay away from that. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Warriors and the 76ers. Warriors plus 10. Wow. Warriors plus 10. 76ers minus 10. Wow, wow, wow. Steph Curry, game time decision. Now that's big right there. Um, Kelly Oubre Jr., game time decision. Not too big. We would kind of prefer if he did not play, honestly. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson is out. And Eric Poshkel is out. So they're going to be a little lackluster from the bench. For the 76ers, Dwight Howard is a game-time decision. Seth Curry is a game-time decision. And Tobias Harris is a game-time decision. Alrighty, I'm going to expect all those players that we just said are game-time decisions are going to be playing. It is a nationally televised games with kind of MVP importance on the line. So we'll quickly check NBA Fantasy Labs to see if any of these players are actually, if we get kind of a better status, probable, anything like that. Doesn't appear so. Doesn't appear like we're getting any of that. Yeah, still just questionable. But um, call me crazy, call me crazy, but I'm going to take the Warriors plus 10. They always step up in the big game. We can count on Steph Curry always. He's making his case for MVP game by game here. 
They just lost to the Celtics by six, but I mean, it was close the entire game. They just kind of lost uh, like the last three minutes in the fourth quarter. That's when they really lost it. So I think Steph Curry keeps it close. If Kelly Oubre Jr. doesn't play, I think that's better for the Warriors anyway. We'll take the 10 here and bet on Steph Curry, bet on the man, bet on the potential MVP. Yes, sir. Alrighty, then we get Suns Bucks. Suns plus two and a half, Bucks minus two and a half. Alrighty, should be a good one as well. Uh, just Abdel Nader out for the Suns, and just Dante DiVincenzo's a game dime decision for this Bucks team. This is absolutely a huge game for both these teams. This really kind of tells us what these teams are made of. Facing better teams here, facing kind of the best teams. Uh, so fantastic there for both these teams to kind of get a gauge of what they can truly do if they make it deep in the playoffs if they face each other in the finals this could potentially be the finals matchup we had the suns coming out of the of the of the west when the last time that we did our kind of uh if the playoffs and if the season ended today and you know what happened there we followed the playoffs we had the suns coming out of the west we don't have the bucks coming out of the east no way but um uh, yeah, Suns here plus two and a half. I think I'll take it. I mean, this is going to be a great kind of competition, great gauge to kind of see what both these teams are made out of. We just saw the Bucks absolutely get destroyed when they didn't have Dante DiVincenzo their last game, so not very good there. The Suns also just did lose in their last game against the Spurs, an embarrassing loss. So two teams coming off of losses that they probably shouldn't have lost. The Bucks against the Grizzlies with now Dante DiVincenzo, and then the Suns against the Spurs when the Suns were full health. So... We'll take the plus two here. Suns revenge game. They get it done against a Bucks team. Now this Suns team has a chance to once again be a half a game back from that Jazz team. So they can try to make up a little bit of ground tonight. I think they go and take full advantage. Suns plus two and a half. Love it. Alrighty, then we get the Rockets and the Heat. Rockets plus eight and a half. Heat minus eight and a half. Alrighty. Uh, Kelly Olynyk's first game back against the Heat. Alrighty, let's see what he can do here. All right, out for the Rockets. DJ Augustine is out. Eric Gordon is out. Daniel Health Jr. is out. Sterling Brown's a game-time decision. John Wall is good to go, so that's great. Um, all right, and then for the Heat, Jimmy Butler is a game-time decision, and Victor Oladipo is still out. All righty. Well, I really do want to take the Rockets plus 8.5 here, absolutely, but I think we have to gauge it again, gauge it again. The Heat are coming off of a huge win, but they didn't have Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's back, maybe a little bit of a blowout tonight. So, Kelly Linick also, is he going to go a little bit too try-hard mode in this game to kind of be like, why the heck did you trade me? Why me? Why me? But we'll see. So, we'll stay away from this one. Rockets Heat. Alrighty, next game up, Thunder Wizards. Thunder plus 12, Wizards minus 12. We will stay away from this one. Just once again, no great teams here. We're not ready to swallow 12 points here by the Wizards. Now, we do like and kind of have been cheering for the Wizards because we want to see what Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal can do kind of in the playing tournament. Uh, but for the Thunder, Mike Muscala is still out and Shea Gillis Alexander is still out. And then for the Wizards... Alex Lenz, the game time decision. Rui Hachimura is out. So we'll stay, We'll just stay away from it. Two not great teams here. No good value. Then we get the Spurs and the Pacers. Spurs minus one. Pacers plus one. Alrighty. For the Spurs, Trey Lyles is a game time decision. And then for the Pacers, Doug McDermott is a game time decision. Once again, we'll stay away from this one. We don't like betting the Spurs. We hate betting the Pacers. And it's a one point spread here. We That's not good value, folks. It's truly not. <laughs> 
So we'll stay away from that one. Grizzlies, Nuggets. Grizzlies plus 7.5. Nuggets minus 7.5. I'm getting 7.5 here with the Grizzlies. I think I love it. But let's see. Oh, no, I don't. No, I do. no we don't. No, we don't. No, we do not. Here we go. Jonas Valanciunas is out. Their big man's out. He, I mean, that just means Jokic is going to be able to eat all day down low. They don't really have a second big to kind of help out. Justice Winslow is a game-time decision. Dylan Brooks is a game-time decision. Brandon Clark is a game-time decision. DeAnthony Melton is a game-time decision. Jaron Jackson is a game-time decision. So we don't even know what their bench is going to be looking like. And then for the Nuggets, just Monte Morris is out and Jamal Murray is still out, obviously. So we'll have to stay away from this one. If Valanchunas was playing, we would take the Grizzlies plus 7.5. But, uh, I mean, Jokic, man. Jokic is going to eat this game. So we'll stay away from it. And then the last game of the night, the Jazz Lakers. Jazz minus seven, Lakers plus seven. Alrighty, let's see what we get here. Jazz, game time decision, Mike Connolly. Derek Favors is a game time decision. Rudy Gobert is a game time decision. And Donovan Mitchell is out. And then for the Lakers, what do we got here? Markeith Morris is a game time decision. Anthony Davis is still out, not making his return just quite yet. Andre Drummond is a game time decision. And Dennis Schroeder is also a game time decision. So Lakers here plus seven, not looking the worst here not looking the worst oh they yeah they did just face their last game they just faced in overtime so that's why we're not going to take it because it isn't in a back-to-back -back. I thought so yeah 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 the hikers really did beat the Jazz their last game absolutely fantastic so we are just gonna have to stay away from this one we don't like betting back-to-backs like that so we will stay away from that one so uh, kind of fell off in our moneymaker a little bit here at the end, but we still got some good ones here. A nice little three-teamer. Cavs minus three. Warriors plus ten. Suns plus two and a half is what we're rocking with today with our moneymaker. Feeling good. So let's get back on track here. Hit a nice little three-teamer, and we'll go back. Maybe big tomorrow. We'll see depending on what the, what the odds, what the value is. We'll go big tomorrow. All righty. Let's finally, we finally have time in the show. So here we go. Let's head over to our NFL draft prospect of the day. We've been pushing this man off for like the last five days, unfortunately, but we're finally here and, you know, better late than never, correct? So here we go. Wide receiver Cade Johnson from South Dakota State is who we're going to be looking at today in our NFL draft prospect of the day. Looking at a pro draft prospect, uh, we were on a 73-day countdown. Kind of got mixed up a little bit, but uh, we are currently on day 66 of that 73-day countdown up until the draft to kind of see what our teams should be doing, what players should our teams be picking up. Can Cade Johnson rival Devontae Smith as probably the number one wide receiver in this draft let's see what we get here so here we go Cade Johnson wide receiver from, from South Dakota State South Dakota State in the FCS not the FBS so a little bit of lackluster talent that they're going up against but we get um, we get Carson Wentz out of you know the FCS of North Dakota State he's looking pretty good we I, I like Carson Wentz I, I, I think he's going to lead the Colts to the Super Bowl this year honestly um, and we've got um, Trey Lance, quarterback from uh, North Dakota State as well, coming into the draft this year. So there still is talent to be had in the FCS. That's not a knock, uh, but it is less competition that you face. So Cade Johnson in the FCS here, two years at South Dakota State. Unfortunately, kind of the season got canceled this year for South Dakota State, so they had no games this season. So Two seasons here for Kay Johnson at South Dakota State. First year, 67 catches for 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns. Fantastic. Love that. 
And then in 2019, 72 catches, 1,200 yards, 18 touchdowns. So we see his receiving yards go up from 2018 to 2019, but his production came down heavily in the touchdowns, a little minimally with the yards, but that's a little bit of a not great thing to see here. Let's go to his uh, game log here. Let's see what they've got here in the FCS of kind of bowl games. What was their last game here? Alrighty, so it looks like they get into the championships kind of tournament brackets here in 20. Is this 20? Yeah, this is 2019. So, but uh, they lose 13 to 10. He only had five catches for 35 yards, no touchdowns. So he couldn't get it done in kind of their playoff game against uh, who is this? Who's Uni? It just says university. You're the university university? That's what we're talking about in the FCS, folks. I mean, that's the level of competition. You've got to call it. All right. It's the Panthers. Why are they called Uni? The hell is that? Northern Iowa Panthers and their kind of, you know, their their little kind of three-name little call sign is Uni? There's no U. There's no I. There's no N. There's an I. Iowa. University of Northern Iowa. That's what you're going with? Alrighty, I guess, I guess, University of Northern Iowa. Okay, I guess I get it. It's stupid. I don't like it. I don't like it's uni. It's University of University. That's what you're going for. <laughs> so, alright, couldn't be University, University. Truly unfortunate there. Let's go back to uh, 2018. Did they were they able to? Can we even go back to 2018? When you get to the FCS, you can't even find like reliable stats like that, folks. That's what. That's how bad we're talking about here. But let's go here. Alrighty, here we go. Alrighty, in the he get he got back to the playoffs a little bit. Alrighty, so here we go. The second round, they get the win. Fantastic, eight catches for ninety nine yards and a touchdown. So he was kind of a huge production there. They blew him out fifty one to six. So that's fantastic. Then they go into the quarterfinals. Alrighty, win again twenty seven to seventeen. Four catches, seventy two yards. Didn't get a touchdown, but still seventy two yards. I will take that. That's still solid offensive production out there. And then they get to the semifinals against North Dakota State. So you know, facing your kind of state rival there. Um, but then they lose 44 to 21 kind of gotten blown out there. He had three catches for 89 yards. Holy cow 29 yards a catch there. Fantastic. Only one touchdown though. So a little unfortunate there still kind of tried his best didn't get a lot of targets unfortunately, but uh, made the most of those receptions that he did have so all in all not bad. They never won the big game. They won some nice playoff games there. So that's that's very well done. We'll give him that. Uh, but I don't like that his production kind of went down a little bit. His overall kind of, you know, scoring production came down a little bit. So that's a little bit of a little little red flag there by Kay Johnson. But uh, we're really only going to know if we look at what this man can do on the tape. So let's go over there. We broke down the stats. Nothing truly great. He had back-to-back. 1200 yard receiving season so we'll take that absolutely but you know that touchdown coming down from 18 to like seven that's a huge jump there while getting more catches you know so you know his yards per catch came down kind of kind of a lot there I mean he lost 100 yards on three more catches not the greatest Alrighty, but here we go. We've got some nice uh, tape about this man, so let's watch the highlight tapes. And then we also have some bonus exclusive tape of this man at the Pro Bowl running on some one-on-one -on -one drills with potential senior quarter corners um, coming into this draft. And he's you know also in this draft as well. So we can get some nice kind of how is he working, looking one-on-one -on -one against kind of you know other seniors in this draft as well. So we'll be able to get some nice kind of uh, looks of him on 
on this tape as well. But let's start here with the highlights. Let's get jazzed up on this man. So here we go. Cade Johnson from South Dakota State, number 15, if we have to track him around. So let's see what we get. And the highlight of, or the title of this highlight package on YouTube is called The Nastiest Playmaker You Should Be Talking About. So let's see if this is the truth. Let's see. Here we go. K. Johnson. He's only 5'11", too. Not the biggest, not the tallest, but here we go. First play up, going a little deep here. Nice work, nice little 25-yard play here for the touchdown, able to kind of just beat his defender. Let's watch him here right at the top of the screen here. Kind of in the slide a little bit right here, one-on-one -on -one coverage, able to just get right by him, get a nice kind of half a step on him. Quarterback puts the ball right on the money, and just because he had that half a step, he's able to score the touchdown. So fantastic, able to kind of get behind the defenders, absolutely promising. But once again, we have to take all this, you know, kind of film as a grain of salt just because he is in the FCS. But, you know, let's kind of, you know, keep it as a minimal grain of salt there. Um, all right, here we go. Little kind of end around here. Yes, sir. Blocking is all set up. Fantastic. Speed's looking good. One man to beat down the sideline. He, he escapes the tackle, so he doesn't have the elite kind of breakaway speed. Kind of got chased down there at the end, but stays on his feet for extra kind of 10, 5 yards there. Fantastic. Get him out into open space. Very well done there. The blocking was fantastic. The speed's pretty good as well. Nothing too great there speed-wise. Nothing great speed-wise so far. Going deep. Oh, wow. How the heck did he catch this one? That defender was in prime position, just kind of lost track of the ball there. So, a little unfortunate here for the defender, not looking at the ball. Very well done by this man to track down the ball at the last second. Back of the end zone right there. Only like kind of three, four yards to work with in the back of the end zone. And he's able to go and watch. I mean, look at him just keep looking for the ball. This defender has no idea where this ball is. Just kind of uh, out there stretching his hands. Uh, I got to hit it at some point. Well, you didn't, and you gave up a touchdown. So, good job there. We'll give him that one. Good kind of uh, concentration there there all right on a punt return here kick return punt return oh yeah oh yeah can he beat this last man once again I mean we see the speed number 33 is kind of keeping up with him he was just able to beat that that's some nice speed out there alrighty so maybe breakaway speed is a little bit back on the table we'll see we've got no official notes down permanently yet so we you know we can still kind of add that in coming back toward the ball here fantastic work let's see if we get a replay of this one fantastic we do Let's go here. Just This is just a straight go route, fading a little bit more towards the sideline, keeping track of that ball, perfectly thrown. And, hey, I mean, that's exactly where you had to throw, where the defender really couldn't get to it. I mean, just I mean, just watch it. I mean, literally just at the outstretched hand. And this receiver, Kay Johnson, has, you know, the great strength to hold on to the ball so the defender can't break it up last minute. So great job there. He's got great catchability. All right, here we go at midfield once again. Oh, yes, sir. Had about a half a step on that defender. And then, you know, the 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 quarterback puts it absolutely kind of right on the money. Maybe a hair, a hair overthrown. But he's able to go out there, lay it all on the line here. And this was the big game right here. North Dakota State versus South Dakota State in that kind of quarterfinals that we saw. And he comes out right off the rip. First play of the game. I mean, we're looking at 14 minutes, 38 seconds into the game. And he goes down the field if this is the game. I'm assuming it is just because they played and we saw it. I'm sure they play every single season just because it's North Dakota State, South Dakota State. I'm sure they're in the same conference. But whenever this game was, fantastic. I mean, goes out there, goes and gets the catch. We'll lay it out. We'll lay his body on the line to go get the catch. Isn't afraid to go die for it. Fantastic. 
All right, great catch there. Good throw, too. Good throw. Exactly where it had to be. All righty, here we go. Once again against kind of North Dakota State, and they're kind of in different uniforms now. So maybe this is a championship game. We don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I could figure it out. I'm not going to figure it out. It's not that important to me, honestly. Um, just I just want to see what he can do out here on the field. So let's go back to this play. Little bit of a kind of a wide receiver screen there, kind of a different formation. But uh, he's able to stay on the sideline for the touchdown. Is this is this right? He does not get pushed out right there. Uh, hops back inside right there, down the sideline, down the sideline, in and in. Wow. Legs. Somebody's trying to take out his legs here. He step out? Yeah, he stepped out. He must have stepped out there, yeah. All righty. All right, nice little out route there on the right sideline. Beats that one defender. You no, know, nice speed to kind of get an extra 10 yards before he shoved out of bounds. All righty. We don't need to watch that one again. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Little end around. All righty, jet sweep for the last. Oh, it's okay. All right, solid here. I mean, nothing great. It's only for about 15 yards for the touchdown. Great blocking. All righty. Nobody really around him. Outran that first kind of defender that was coming down from behind. He kind of just took a bad angle, got outran. Unfortunate edge rusher there, not maintaining the edge. Yikes. All righty. So he definitely doesn't have like any game-breaking speed or anything. Another kind of end around here on the goal line. This one has an option for a throw. He throws it. Fantastic. All righty. We're seeing nothing great from this man. Nothing truly noteworthy for us. Just solid play out here by a wide receiver. Nothing truly special. Unfortunately, another end around. Oh, my goodness. They run this play every game. What did they run? Another one that's able to kind of get to the edge. Once again, his breakaway does not have that breakaway speed that once he gets to that corner, it's game over. You can catch this man from behind. You can chase this man down. All right, from the 50-yard line, quarterback scrambling out of the pocket, flings it downfield. Once again, he's able to get about a half a step behind these defenders. So, I mean, he's able to run these routes and get these nice separation when he goes down the field. So that's good. That's good. He's able to get separation. Let's mark that. Able to get some nice separation downfield. Let's keep these highlights going. This one's just too easy out here. Nice little wide receiver screen set up to absolute perfection. All right, next play up here. Quarterback going deep right off the rip. Oh, my God. Did you see how fast he got behind the defense? He's literally like five, seven yards behind every single defender, and the play was just a quick one. I'm going to tell – let's just count the count the seconds from pass to – from snap to pass. So here we go. One second, two seconds, three seconds, the ball is thrown. Three seconds, the ball is thrown, and the man is already six yards ahead of every defender in about three and a half, four seconds. Wild. He's got some nice speed. It's not game-breaking speed. Like we said, you can kind of catch him from behind. We haven't really seen when they're kind of evenly, like evenly footed going down the field. If he has a separation, yes, he can kind of continue that separation, but he does get chased down from behind. Here it is. I mean, it's just too easy here. Wow. All righty. If you're flat-footed on this man, he will blow by you. <clears throat> All righty. Here we go. Once again, another end-around toss. This is what this man loves out here. 
it goes for a nice yardage, like 25 yards. Don't get us wrong, but it's not that kind of, you know, I can I can turn this play into a touchdown every single time. He can't even do it once. <laughs> we haven't seen. All right, here we go. Down the field. Easy here. Just look at this separation. Easy right here. Just a nice little slant route inside. Once again, on the slot right here. Nice steps in, able to get that type of uh, that kind of half a step of separation, and then he's gone. And here it is, kind of the non-breakaway speed. Couldn't beat that kind of last safety down there. Gets knocked out of bounds. All right, once again, solid catch there for nine yards. They don't bring him down. Stays on his feet for an extra about you know ten yards. So alrighty, yards at the catch is about you know ten yards. Alrighty, so nothing great from that highlight package, but let's see what he's doing against kind of other seniors here, other potential draft prospects. How is this man just kind of looking on his route running? Because that was probably the best thing about him, that he was able to kind of consistently get that kind of half a step behind all those defenders, and that's going to be wide. That's wide open in the league, folks. Half a step in this league is wide open. Um, so fantastic. So let's see what this man's doing against these seniors out here. Let's see what we get. All right, here he is on the offensive side. Nice work there on the route. Once again, able to get that kind of half a yard of separation, clean catch, and then, you know, he's got the chance to break it big. All right, let's go to this play right here. Once again, in and out, the nice little zig route. Once again, the half a step, you know, on the Michigan defender right here. Right here, going outside. Little comeback route, and then comes back to the ball. So, I mean, when he's kind of straight speed, he doesn't really beat anybody. But if he has got move, that kind of jab step in, here it is. I mean, this is great kind of play until the kind of comeback and then he slips. But still able to get that kind of, you know, nice separation on him. All right, nice little kind of zone defense here. Oh, puts the move on him. He's got some nice moves. He can run some routes, man. If it's not just straight speed, he can get behind these defenders. Look at this one. Fantastic. Yes, that's easy. Like three yards of separation right there. Fantastic. All righty. Here we go. In, out. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Look at these cuts. Look at these moves. This man's nice, bruh. Respect his ability. They're giving him like three yards off the rip. And then, you know, he's got this second move that it's going to kill you. He's able to, he's able to bounce out of that second move absolutely fantastically. All right, here we go against another defender here. Let's see what this man's going to do here. Starting inside, curl back inside, and then that double hesitation and still continue outside. Fantastic. Here we go. Once again, I mean, not not big. His straight speed isn't really there. You know, once again, you know, when you're in the FBS now, not in the FCS, the speed isn't really there. This kind of, you know, no double move here. He's not beating anybody. Incomplete pass here when he has to get all the way down the field. So that's probably the perfect note that we've seen on this man. Double moves are fantastic. Straight. Vertical routes get covered easy. Get covered easy. He's got some nice breaking ability on his routes. So, I mean, those double moves, those stutter steps, he's able to get that separation. But it's when, if it's just one-on-one -on -one speed coverage, he's going to get locked up. Locked up here, locked up here, locked up here, locked up here. He ended up catching that. Oh, fantastic. On the sideline. Wow. This is like no separation at all. But the, the ball still got there and he still caught it two feet down. 
two feet down to oh 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 i'm loving it love it all righty here's able to kind of just stay on his feet the defender slips he takes it for the ride he takes it all the way all righty another defender here step inside another double move this is the replay of it fantastic work just the defender slips all righty here we go again. Going inside. Coming back out. Um, he made the defender fall twice? You're not getting drafted like that. You falling. Stay on your feet, my man. All right, here we go. Ooh, physical there. He falls again. Damn, don't get too physical. Flags were thrown as well. Damn, bro. Chill, chill. Dang. All righty, K. Johnson's making these people commit penalties to try and guard this man. Here we go. Straight speed, ability, downfield. Throws a jump ball. That was a bad throw. Bad ball. I don't know what that play was, but it shouldn't have been that underthrown or overthrown. Just that's not good. Whatever that was, that was not, that was not good ball right over there. Don't know what the play was, but it was trash, <laughs> trashly executed. All right, we get a flag on this one. One on one coverage. Trying to come back to the ball, held back. He's drawn penalties. He's drawn penalties. Are getting open. It's pretty good. All right, starting inside, nice little step. That double move, kind of, you know, able to get, you know, five yards extra. Doesn't really bite on it, though. That Michigan defender, that was pretty good right there. All right, we'll watch this last one right here. Where are we going? Outside, force to the edge. He catch this? He catch this ball? Here we go. Going to just go to the edge of straight speed. Able to get behind the defender a little bit right here. Oh, the one-handed catches. Oh, my God. He's great catching tight, bruh. He can catch tight. Wow. Oh, we got to watch him in the red zone now. What can he do here in the red zone? Got a man up. Tight coverage on him. Back. Show. Oh, back. Oh, yeah. I was wrong about this man. He can just beat you straight speed because he's got some great catchability like over the top, man. If he's got that, I mean, not like a quarter of a yard step, he's going to get it. Ah, uh, couldn't squeeze that one into the back of the end zone. Ran out of real estate there. Just, damn, just missed that one. Back of the end zone again. Corner of the end zone. Able to catch that one. Fantastic. Defender kind of lost the ball at the end. All righty, yo. This man had a great work at the at the Pro Bowl, or at the, um, at the Senior Bowl. Wow. Alrighty, Kay Johnson, not really good in the highlights, but kind of won us over a little bit in that one-on-one -on -one session in the Super Bowl, able to kind of nicely some get some double moves out there to really kind of get that clear separation, and then those tight one-on-one -on -one kind of vertical balls, I mean, if he had that kind of the smallest step, he was still able to get it, nice catch over the shoulder, fantastic, so I think he can work a little bit in this league, obviously not, you know, anything that really kind of, you know, popped on the field, you know, of in real games, scenarios against kind of you know the fcs but uh, overall not bad we can buy them a little bit we'll buy them a little bit all righty that's gonna do it for us today thanks for tuning in thanks for watching and we will sign oh goodness 
We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see if anything's breaking as we're live. And uh, Seahawks defensive end, Alden Smith, he just got signed. Yeah, I thought we just talked about him getting signed on April 15th. He's wanted by police for an alleged second-degree battery. Ooh, yikes. Ooh. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's not good. It's really not good out there. All righty. That looks like it's going to do it for us today. We're back tomorrow. Ooh, new updated power ranking. 76ers number one, Clippers two, Suns three, Nets four, Jazz five. What is ours looking like? What do we got? Clippers one, Suns two, Jazz three. We got Clippers one, Jazz two, Suns three. They got Clippers two, Jazz five, Suns three. 76ers one. Alrighty. 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 That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, listening, and uh, we will be back tomorrow live, noon Eastern, doing it all again. Alrighty, folks.